Welcome to This Marketing Show, hosted by award-winning B2B sales performance coach, Rick Lambert, who has been selected by many of the world's most recognized companies to help them market and sell to win. Let's join Rick now. Hello, welcome to season three of This Marketing Show. We're gonna kick it off strong with an awesome guest, Chelsea Bode. And after that intro, you would expect something pretty good, I would think. You know, I've watched Chelsea on LinkedIn for a long time. think she does an awesome job as the president of Pearson Kelly, a full-service business technology provider based out of Springfield and Joplin. Chelsea, your company just won one of the best places to work. I think top five uh, voted. So congratulations on your award. You know, I wanted to ask you on today's show, so many organizations in today's hybrid work environment, you know, wrestling with how do I reshape my culture and I thought you'd be a great person to talk to that. So thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you. So, you know, Chelsea, I think you're a millennial and uh, your, your father, Mike, who started the business, he represents the baby boomers, some of my era. And I think you've brought so much energy to the business. Um, maybe you could talk about what you're doing as a millennial leader that maybe others could use in their business. Maybe you talked a lot about vision before we spoke today. Maybe you could speak to that. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, so it's been interesting working with my dad with uh, two totally different generations. And as I was sharing, he's always been under the philosophy of you work really hard, um, do the right things, do right by the client, be honest, uh, the rest will come. And that does work for a season. But uh, after that season, we had to get really specific about how to get to that next scalable level. And what we realized was broken was the vision. Um, we didn't really know and getting out of bed to work hard becomes exhausting after, you know, a few weeks, few months. So it's, there, there was really no purpose or cause for what we were doing outside of just selling and servicing and um, being pretty good at, at what we did at that point. So when we um, looked at the vision, we, we had to see what we wanted to be like, you know, 10 years out and then start being intentional on, on how to communicate that to make sure that when people came to work with our team, they knew what they were signing up for. And whenever we were setting goals, we understood too um, what we were doing as an organization and what we looked like. So with millennials, they want purpose, cause. They I don't care if it's AP, uh, if it's sales, they wanna know why am I doing what I'm doing? And is it meaningful? And is it going toward a goal of any kind? And um, it's it's been pretty amazing what we've been able to do once we were able to really define what that looked like for Pearson Kelly. And, you know, a lot of companies, you know, they, they've got vision on a plaque on the wall, but it's obvious you folks live it. Um, sometimes I wonder candidly through your social media posts, if you guys even work in there, it seems like you're having so much fun. It's almost like you're having more fun than a fraternity or sorority when I went to university. So um Hey, you know, vision's important and uh, clearly you're connecting with the newer generation that make up a big part of the workforce. A lot of people would argue that culture starts with people you bring into your organization and maybe, you know, you could talk to maybe your hiring or selection process. Yeah, you bet. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And I think that for a long time, we, we knew that. We knew we want to have good people that had great skills that um, were likable and that's what we wanted to hire. But really after vision became, um, there was a little void, uh, if you will, on what good looked like. So just because someone's nice and has the skills and they're friendly and can do the job didn't necessarily mean they were the ones cut out to carry out the vision. And so identifying our five core values really gave us um, some good clarity on what we defined as a as 
like-minded people. And so then whenever we recruit um, or we look at within, within the walls, when we went through this exercise actually to back up, we turned over 17% of staff over the next 18 months, which was brutal. We have really good retention. And so some of the people that, uh, and it wasn't necessarily bad breakups, but they were able to identify um, that, that they weren't really the right fit. And so moving some of them out of the way, it was sad. We're still friends with a lot of them. They put their stamp on in their own way, but understanding who the individual that was going to come here and love it and work really hard, but have lots of fun along the way, um, hold each other accountable, basically goes back to those five core values. So all of our management team is constantly out there recruiting, just like, you know, you said that you slung a copy or two back in the day. Did I hear you right? Um, when you're out, you know, Back when have, reduction enlargement was an upgrade, just so you know. Yes, yes. Oh <laughs> so, so bad. Um, so they had, basically we give quotas to our, to our hiring managers too. They need to always be recruiting, planting seeds. You never know um, when that next position is going to become available and or when there's a trigger event in, in that person's career journey that maybe makes sense for us to be having a conversation. So recruiting, being intentional about it, not just when we have a job opening, um, being slow to hire and and quick to separate if things go um, off the beaten path. We yeah. also do a quarterly coaching sessions and we're aligning those core values um, to what we call above the bar, below the bar and bringing that back. So we say, this is how we hire. And then this is also how we're going to coach to those values to kind of continue to keep everybody focused on um what what makes it fun to come to work? Well, I I don't think I've ever seen a business have their employees post on a Sunday night that they can't wait for Monday. Okay. And somehow you figured that one out. Um, but it's so important to get the right people. You know, we've all worked in environments where, you know, we've got the wrong couple of people. And I just don't think business or customers today have the time to deal with someone that's not not into it. Um now, one of the things I, I've noticed you do is, is you have these sessions, and I, I think you do them on a regular basis where you'll do some cross-departmental kind of exercises to always, you know, identify opportunities and optimize. And I know when I worked uh, at a tech reseller, you know, there's always segmentation between sales and service and admin. What are you doing there to kind of foster the swirl of a, you know, a, a holistic kind of culture? Sure. Yeah. So when you even think about working with clients, um, a lot of times when their belief is something different than um, maybe how the salesperson believes that they you know, sold something, a lot of it boils down to expectations, um, maybe being off and or um, bad communication. And so we felt like we had done a pretty good job of being able to set good expectations or you know, this is your belief, Mr. Customer, this is our belief, how do we move, you know, to the next step, and taking some of those same conversations and, and bringing those back into a more systematic approach to help cross um, some of the barriers or break down some of the barriers, to your point that a technology group naturally forms because an administrative persona is so different than a sales prima donna persona versus a, you know, pragmatic thinker and your service persona and the troubleshooter that, you know, they're just trained to look for problems. Um, it was like, why can't we take some of those same skills and develop a way to break those barriers down internally? And so, yes, once a month, uh, my commitment of time is two hours a month and the employee's commitment of time is two hours a year. And it's 
compiled of random, all different tenure. Um, they, they just cannot be in the same department. That's the only stipulation. And I buy them lunch. I facilitate the meeting. We uh, try not to include upper management in those meetings. And we go through a, a really fun, simple exercise to help us identify some things that that group can find in commonalities for what we're doing really well that we need to continue doing. And then ultimately where there are some opportunities that maybe need to, to flow through the company um, and make leadership aware of some things that, that maybe do need to be addressed. And the, the coolest part is that we've had such great feedback um, from those groups on their ability to get to give feedback. They're like, they feel like they have a voice they also, um, probably the, the coolest one I've ever um, been part of is one of one of the individuals that was in, I won't mention the department, but he felt that his team was one of the only teams that didn't have the ability to work remotely during COVID. Mm-hmm. He was being asked to go in and support um, clients. Well, I just gave it away. So in, in the service department, but in that same meeting, we had a, an installer that he was like, well, I was going in and installing during COVID too. And our uh, inventory coordinator was like, I was in the warehouse the entire time receiving and shipping. And probably 80% of the individuals that happened to be in that meeting were all in the same boat. And so just to give an example, it really started to allow some dialogue that I think we lose sight of. And it's, it's been cool. And it's really, I thought I didn't have time for it. And every single month, there's no way that that's not probably the two most important hours of my month. Well, you, you know, you mentioned the uh, cross departmental. I just think it's talked about, but seldom not done. I love the way you're, you're taking a random mix of tenure. Uh, you know, I, I remember I was at a conference one time and a gentleman told this story about, there was a guy that worked at Chrysler, one of the automotive uh, manufacturers. And, and the day the man uh, retired, he turned to his superior and he said, you know, you guys paid me 38 years for what I did with my hands on the line, but not once did you ask me for my ideas. And, uh, you know, as a leader, Chelsea, you are president of your company. Uh, even myself, you know, I, I don't know sometimes if the information I'm getting is filtered or real and the more real we can be. Um, you know, the other thing I think you guys do really well is you got the best t-shirts, um, you know, tech. Yeah. This other one that says, uh, you know, my boss thinks I'm kind of a big deal. If we can show these t-shirts guys, I think these are awesome. Now, Chelsea, you t- talk a little bit about recognition and what you folks are doing at uh, Pearson Kelly. Sure. We've got, we've got a lot of competitive, um, personalities over here in Missouri. So, we, um, yeah, we do like to play that up. The t-shirts have been fun. Um, we, we use the one that's the tech yeah shirt as kind of a bragging right. So in all of our quarterly meetings to just reinforce those core values that are so important to us, we come up with little examples of um, one employee that exemplifies that particular core value and, and why over the, the past 90 days. And so if they're called out um, or recognized, then they get that shirt and we have a pretty, uh, we call it business casual smart. So depending on your your day and what you have going on, we're pretty lax on our attire. So, but uh, any of the Pearson Kelly swag, uh, they get to wear any day of the week. And so it's a pretty big deal to get one of those, those t-shirts. Um, we also have a really obnoxious made with like, I don't know, hopefully wiped hard drives, but um, <laughs> hard drives, drum units and things like that, that is, it's probably about three feet tall. 
Um, that's our traveling trophy for MVP um, for the quarter. And those are all voted on for various reasons. I mean, even something like someone brought, you know, good snacks or something like that for the day. So some, some funny, dumb reasons and, and, but it's all what makes um, the day go by and, and in a fun way. And so uh, people like to get that trophy as well. Well, I, I think again, you know, folks, if you're not following Chelsea right now on LinkedIn or watching what Pearson Kelly technology is doing, I think the, you know, success leaves clues and, and Chelsea winning that award, uh, top five, uh, best places to work for, you know, folks in summary, you know, what I, what I think is relevant, why I want to have Chelsea on is because, you know, vision, you know, we all have a vision, but is it just a plaque on the wall? Do your people buy in? And we've got an actual millennial here that's talking about vision, uh, not just someone uh, been around a while hiring, getting the right people on the proverbial bus, cross-departmental, right? Visibility. Uh, I think that's awesome. And lastly, uh, recognition. Folks, I will warn you before you watch the Pearson Kelly social stream, you're not going to think it's a business technology place. People are having way too much fun. Hey, Chelsea, uh, congrats on what you're doing personally to be out there on social media as a business leader. And clearly that uh, your spirit, your enthusiasm and all the great things you're doing is trickling down to your uh, the culture of business. So thanks so much for joining me here on episode one of season three. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of This Marketing Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share and subscribe to get the latest B2B insights to help you market and sell to win.